All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A wonderful Wednesday afternoon. How are you? And welcome to the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube, where the Oilers just continue to win. That is eight in a row, and tomorrow they will go for their franchise record, tying ninth consecutive victory. Not that long ago, of course, the Oilers won nine in a row, the final nine games of last season. Ended on uh, April 13th, and of course, they lost their first game this year, so even if you wanted to say that it carried over, uh, it did not. So uh, nine in a row is the franchise mark. And uh, the orders, as they keep winning, uh, there are teams around them in the wild card race that uh, keep losing. So the uh, orders have now moved themselves into ninth place in the West. They are one back of Arizona with two games in hand. Uh, they are five back of Nashville, who has uh, an Edmonton has three games in hand. The St. Louis Blues. They're going the opposite direction. The Orders have won eight in a row. The Blues have lost four in a row. They are now tied in points. Orders have two games in hand. And the Blues become the third team in the Western Conference to fire their coach. It was the Orders, the Wild, and now the pride of Callahoo, Craig Berube, got his uh, walking papers uh, last night after the uh, Blues loss, 4-3. Drew Bannister, former Edmonton Order defenseman, was on that uh, 1997 team that uh, upset the Dallas Stars in the opening round. He is now the uh, interim coach of the Blues. And you know, it's interesting. I had a lot of Blues fans uh, you know, emailing uh, Frank and myself, uh, t- tweeting us in regards to, you know, is, is, the, is Rutherford more to blame than the coach? 
Coach, uh, you know what? you got to coach the players you have. And I think some would argue, and I think it's probably a fair argument, that uh, St. Louis, like you go back to the Petrangelo, how they handled that, that one mistake really hurt their organization. They've never replaced him. He's really hard to replace. He's a really good defenseman. He loves St. Louis. And uh, you know who's the biggest benefactor? Vegas. Because they have Petrangelo. They won a Stanley Cup. They are uh, pretty good again this season with 45 points through their first 30 games of the season. 20 wins, 5 losses, 5 overtime losses. So, not bad. I think he's uh, happy with the team he chose in Vegas for Petrangelo. But usually the GM, hey, that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, More often than not, the uh, owner is going to side with the GM early and he'll get another kick at the cat. Uh, I look at the Blues team, and I thought maybe they were maybe being able to kind of be in the playoff hunt for the wild card, but I didn't have them as a playoff team. So I'm not I'm not shocked uh, by this move by any stretch of the imagination. It is the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where, of course, all the revenue stays right here in the province of A.B. So you can get in. Watch, enjoy it, have fun, stay within your limits at playalberta.ca. You can always get involved in the show. You can text us, email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, 833-401-1440. Be wise, winterize. No appointment necessary, warranty approved. Book your oil change today at Jiffy Lube. It's also day number nine in the month of giving. And we got a great package for you. Great package today. Big shout out to uh, all of our farmers because uh, this package, uh, courtesy of uh, Ryan Dennis and the What the Futures podcast, which, of course, is a podcast uh, all about uh, grain and harvest and everything, anything you need to know to maximize your yield. I know, hey, audience, we got a lot of stuff for our, our urban folk. Today, it's real now. Maybe you're an urban person you want to buy. Go right ahead. But something tells me this is more for our rural. So here's what uh, you're going to get. You're going to get a 2024 mentorship program for the Farm Business Mentorship. It's a subscription to the Harvest Profit to create and execute your 2024 business plan along with individual support and mentoring from Ryan Dennis. You will also have uh, 80 acres of Pioneer Canola Seed. They will pick a variety that complements your farm's agronomic plan. Maybe you didn't know this, city folks, but yes, you don't just put certain seeds, works better, depending on where you're at. Also, the PBR is coming back, and you're going to be going on Friday, November 8th. You have eight tickets. Ryan's going to host you. You have eight tickets. Includes dinner and drinks prior to the PBR that night. You are going to have a great time. So, Farming and rodeo, baby. It's all together and a membership, a mentorship program. So if you want to bid on it, it's very easy. 833-401-1440 is the, uh, is the text line. All right. Very, uh, very easy is how you, uh, how you do it. So it's pretty simple. And, uh, Colin, you can uh, just fire off. We got, uh, the opening, uh, volley comes in at, uh, $3,000 from Grant, and we're off and running. So, just like that. 
Hey, farm. They know the price of a package like this. I like it. I like it. So it's uh, great. And uh, and Ryan Dennis, um, you know, this is uh, he's done this uh, with our show for multiple years, man. That guy. Uh, you're a big farming company, and you, you want someone. It, it's kind of in in a way when you look at your crop. For those of you that have a stock portfolio, right? You want your finance person, like Roger Weird, to ensure that you try to get your like your best return. Well, that's what you want. You want to get the best yield. And you want him to be able to find where you get the best sales. Well, that's what uh, Ryan Dennis will help you out doing. So there you go. We uh, open it up at uh, $3,000 with Grant. And Gregor, I will say, like, I, I am definition of city folk. I didn't really know too much about it, but I was reading the prize. And Brandon Douglas, of course, the Duke of Delburn, said 80 acres. That's really good. So that's when I knew, like, okay, that's a that's a nice thing to top this off with. And uh, that first bid, uh, now we're up to 3500 from Collins. So right. clearly it, it is something. Oh, well, hey, the Duke would know, right? He knows, yeah. He understands it. That's quality work, man. It's quality. So, uh, yeah, I love it. So 833-401-1440 is uh, where you can bid today. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, hey, what do you say about the Oilers right now? They're good. Uh, I wrote the article at Oilers Nation. Uh, we might even play the song. A, it's a great song. It's a fantastic song from 1991. Now, I'm not saying that the lyrics I wrote at the very end are Grammy-worthy per se, but I'm not saying that they aren't. Okay? So, obviously we had a little bit of fun with it because Order fans, as you watched the game last night, I'm sure, uh-oh, Bedard scores early. And there are some fans who are naturally like, here we go again. Just when you thought the orders were good, oh, look, at Chicago. And Chicago, you know what? They had some chances. Now, they only had two high-danger chances in the first period. Right? The orders had more. But still, they uh, you know, they gave up an early goal. Great shot, by the way, from Dard. It made it one nothing. But the orders battled back. They ended up leading. In the second period, you know how many high-danger chances Chicago had? Zero. In the third period, you know how many high-danger chances the Chicago had? Zero. This Edmonton Orders team, it's like C.C. Peniston said, Connor. Do you know C.C.? No, I do not. Not familiar. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to. You don't know who C.C. Peniston is? And the song, Finally? Now, it's about, you know, falling in love and whatever. But when you, when you read the lyrics of the song... All right, for uh, for CC Peniston, it's like, you know what, you've been waiting a long time for this. Well, Oiler fans, do you think, finally, and we've talked about this for a long time, and I know every now and then there would be some, some deviation and uh, detours, and, you know, you get caught up, and, well, who's the top six forward? Where's the guys contributing on the bottom? But at the end of the day, what has been the one consistent weakness of your Edmonton orders. The one consistent weakness. Goals against. Just look at it from year to year. Now, they might have good stretches, like they are right now. But historically, eventually, they've reverted back to their bad habits. It's happened. We've seen it too often. Even last year, down the stretch, when they went uh, 28 Five and three. Like they won a lot of games. Their offense was unreal. Their defense was pretty sound too. However, you'd still see those glaring errors. Now, errors are going to be made. No team is perfect. Right? No, look, look at Vegas. Look at how many goals Oilers scored on Vegas in the postseason. Don't tell me that Vegas is like 
it, it automatically means you never give up goals because you're sound defensively. That's a myth. But if you try to make it so it's harder for the team to score and you don't give them the easy goals, that's okay. The Oilers, as many of you have seen, sitting front row, sitting in the second deck, sitting at home on your couch, standing at the brew house, wherever you're at, on the rocks, you're just like, oh, my God, here it goes again. Well, guess what? The Oilers, in this stretch, you look at their last three wins. Minnesota. How many really good chances Minnesota have? Right? Look at how many shots, few shots they gave up. New Jersey, the first two periods. New Jersey had one high-danger scoring chance. And you know what? Uh, Edmonton's up. So that, you know, 3 nothing. kind of sit back, wait and see what happens. Still only gave up one goal. Yesterday, they gave up an early goal on a pretty nice shot. Like, it wasn't like that was a gift. Yeah, you know what? They made a nice stretch pass. That's going to happen in the game of hockey. But that's a ridiculous shot. An older player scores that goal. You're hooting and hollering, what a shot. I, I don't blame Stuart Skinner on that goal. It's a great shot. But after that, how many good chances they get? Grand total of no high danger chances. They had two in the first period, none the rest of the way. Yet the orders kept pressing. They kept attacking. And we don't see the ill-advised pinch. We don't see the extra stick handle blind pass at the offensive blue line that leads to an odd man rush the other way. That's really been eliminated during this eight-game winning streak. Now, the question is, does it continue? But the Edmonton Order players, after losing to Vegas, all their leaders came out and they talked, and I I think it was honest, that they need to be better defensively. That's what they wanted. Matthias Ekholm, we need to be comfortable sometimes being hemmed in our own zone for 25 seconds and being comfortable that, guess what, we can have the puck here. That doesn't mean they're going to score. It doesn't mean we have to give up a great chance. You don't always have to push for that next goal. You want the next goal as long as it doesn't involve risky plays. And we've seen a significant reduction. You're never going to eliminate it 100%, but a significant reduction in it. And so I ask you who watches all the time, do you think this time is different? Because the players, I think they their whole focus in the summer was need to be better. And obviously it could not have been worse to start. And the sphincters tightened up, the confidence waned, and they were brutal out of the gate. We all saw it. It wasn't good. But now, you look at the orders, they're playing pretty well. And they beat, hey, look at Vegas. Who's the only team that's beat them in their last seven games? The Edmonton Orders. Right? They beat New Jersey. They beat Carolina. They beat Minnesota. They beat Minnesota was rolling. They beat some good teams. Chicago, hey, they're not very good. You still got to beat those teams. And they're not giving up very much. That to me is the most, they're still scoring lots, but they're not giving up much. And obviously that's a great recipe, a great combination for success. Need to see it longer. But this time to me, the reason I find it a little bit different is because I don't see that mixing in of the glaring. There's always going to be mistakes. You know what I'm talking about. Look at look back early in the year. We've seen games like this before. I, I can, Leon Dreisettle, bad pass. Bouchard, bad play. Darnell Nurse. Like guys who play the most minutes, those are usually the ones. Right? Because they have the puck more. I get it. Right? But you saw it. You yelled at your TV screen many times. Maybe, might even thrown something in frustration. Right? 
probably had uh, many conversations with your friends. This guy's terrible. Never play defense. Well, defense is hard, but it's more of a commitment to just wanting to make the right play. And this team talked about it, and now they're showing it. And when you combine their offense, which was best in the league last year, when you have the two best offensive players, that helps. But look at their fourth line. Their fourth line has seven goals in the last 13 games. Seven goals from your... Think about that. You prorate that over a season. That's 44 goals from your fourth line. That's 15 goals a guy. Of course, that's not going to keep up, right? Like, come on. Who's going to have four 15-goal scores, like two guys at four, at 15 and one at 14 on your fourth line? Right? It's not going to happen. Even Seattle last year. Well, their fourth line was pretty close to that. I think their fourth line actually scored 39 goals, which is crazy. But it's kind of like a one-off. Look at them this year. So where are you in the belief for the Edmonton Orders? We'll get into that. Uh, also, who is it Wednesday today? Well, I'll tell you. I'll give you a few hints. Our guest was a first-round selection in the National Hockey League NHL entry draft. He is a winner of two Stanley Cups. Not bad, would you say? That's How was your career? Eh, he won a few Cups. I think most people would say pretty good. Right? Played for four different uh, NHL organizations. Only played junior, though, on one team. So there's uh, some of the early hints for our Who Is It Wednesday guest. You can always uh, guess 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Hey, guys, nothing's changed from last year. Are they playing better right now? They are after one of the worst starts in franchise history. They still have average goaltending. We still have Nurse and Evan Bouchard on the back end who are not great defensemen. Our bottom six isn't good from RL. Hmm. So Evan Bouchard's third in the NHL in scoring. Darnell Nurse is playing boatloads of minutes. Has played excellent. It's actually been Darnell Nurse for the last three years has been pretty good, despite what the haters want to say. All you got to do is look at the numbers. Like, I'm sorry. Right? People focus on the, oh, well, geez, if you made 8.5, whatever. If you think that 750K is going to make or break it, go right ahead. But um, Evan Bouchard, since Paul Coffey took over, show me where Evan Bouchard's made a, a glaring defensive error. That's all. Just show me the video evidence. I'd like to see it. The uh, Oilers... Will we see them add at the deadline? I think they will, just like we saw last year. I think they would, they'll would. they probably be looking for a right-shot center. They can. And uh, probably a little bit of size. Sam Gagne joked last night. He's uh, first time in his career. He's the biggest guy on his line. He'll take it, which is good. But I don't, uh, I'm not sold that that's the, uh, you know, the ideal plan for the orders long-term. We are now up to uh, $4,000 on our uh, month of giving package today. So a very good start uh, grant in at uh, 4K. Coming up on the uh, program today, Joel Cohen. 
Whoo's producer screenwriter. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he is going to join us next. You probably know who he is. Uh, your Remchuk will be here. Uh, who is it Wednesday? We are uh, spec. Cam Jansen will join us from St. Louis. Why was now the time to let go of Craig Berube? Was it the right decision? We'll find out. We'll get your uh, thoughts and texts. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Washington and more when we return to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, see, there you go, Cons. Little CC Pennison. I knew you'd remember the song. It was her biggest hit. It was like her first one. And it, it's not a one-hit wonder because she had uh, a few big hits, but this one was definitely uh, her biggest. And uh, Oilers fans, if you want a little humor, you can go uh, read the article today at Oilers Nation uh, that has some uh, CC Peniston lyrics then changed up a little bit to see if they match for the orders. Maybe we'll sing it later. Maybe we'll pull a Strud's cons, and uh, you can get the tune up later, and uh, I'll sing along to it, the, uh, the the lyrics that we had for this. You know, we probably should have had our next guest a little bit more advanced uh, in writing, uh, definitely a little bit more uh, advanced in the, uh, in the humor department, shall we say. As we get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Junior Prospects Hockey League. And their Winter Classic is on right now, today, through until Sunday. Get down to the brand-new Silent Ice Arena. If you're looking for some uh, great uh, amateur hockey to watch, check it out. Five different divisions, JPHL. That's the JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. And our next guest was a graduate from the University of Alberta a few years ago. He uh, moved on. He's currently, we're going to talk to him about his book that he just came out with, uh, Dan Patrick. But, of course, he's also a writer on many of your favorite episodes of The Simpsons. Also been involved in Saturday Night Live, Suddenly Susan. Pretty good career. We are joined by uh, Joel H. Cohen. Joel, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor and the third thing I can't think of to be here. Well, hey, that's good, man. That's good. So I, I guess let's go back, first of all, uh, U of A grad back in the mm-hmm. in the late 80s. So was like was writing the is this like are you living the dream? Was this your plan when you went to the U of A? No, my life is a series of uh, blind stumbles. Uh, so I got a degree in biology from the U of A. Then I went uh, eventually to Toronto. I went to York, got an MBA, a business degree. I worked in the sort of business to be as vague as one can be uh, for like seven years. And then eventually sort of said, hey, maybe I'll try this writing thing. And uh Suddenly, Susan, my first gig, and I've been at The Simpsons now for 23 years. Oh, after man. That. So, so how do you get in the writing gig? Like, who, who, who gave you your first chance? Well, there's a comedian uh, named Kathy Griffin, who oh, yes. your listeners know of. Yeah, yeah, Kathy. So, you know, 5% crazy, 95% awesome, as <laughs> most people, great people are. And she was super nice to me, and I, she started hiring me to write jokes for her for award shows like the Billboard Music Awards and uh, various others. And and uh, we got along well enough, and I think she maybe thought I didn't stink uh, so bad that she actually endorsed me for Suddenly Susan. She was on Suddenly Susan as one of the stars. Um, and then once you're kind of in the gates a little bit, you meet people Maybe people recommend you and, and you go from there. Now, obviously, uh, you know, the, the Simpson connection, uh, you know, your brother had written on there uh, a, a bit. Uh, you've been in lots of different episodes. Kind of like the Simpsons, man, it's the longest running 
TV show. It's amazing. And, and obviously, I know that it's animated, so that helps. It's not like the, the characters are aging themselves out or anything like, like in other shows. But the evolution of The Simpsons, like, it's funny. There are so many of our listeners, depending on your age, you can say, well, yeah, I remember The Simpsons at a certain time in my life. I was really into it, right? And um, so for you, like, was The Simpsons the show you're like, oh, man, this is unreal. I'm on The Simpsons. Or did you know it about it that uh, 23 years ago that it was going to be that big? I mean, it was already, I joined in season 12, so it was already great. And as many of your listeners may think already, the best days were behind it in season 12. Here we are in season 35. Uh, But like you said, yeah, it's gone through so many generations and so many people just discover it for the first time. I hope people are rediscovering it because I really think some of the shows we're doing now are as good as any that have ever been done. Um, So I I knew it was huge, of course. Uh, And then just working here was, you know, mind blowing. Uh, just another level, not to disparage Suddenly Susan, which I'm sure is one of many of your listeners' favorite television shows. But this was a huge step up from Suddenly Susan. <laughs> yeah, uh, and trust me, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's all any. Uh, that's any not that controversial of an no, opinion. No, no, yes. I, I, I wouldn't think so at all. Now, you of course, uh, you know, you were uh, you, know, you went to the U of A, but you're originally from Calgary. But so you, you know, you went to the U of A in 1988. You're a sports guy, of course. So you, you were a Calgary fan in the heat of the Battle of Alberta, and then one. One time, did you not have Gretzky? I'm hoping I'm not confusing. Did you not have Gretzky uh, come in uh, for one of the Simpsons episodes? No, you're 100% right. And uh, I can remind all the listeners in Edmonton that 1989, the Flames won the Stanley Cup, but that's not important. I don't, my memory, I don't remember Oilers ever winning a Stanley Cup. So it was very impressive. But uh, yeah, so then Gretzky was here like uh, maybe, I'm going to say six years ago. Okay. Um, and he just came in to record some lines and I went in, of course I had to. And I just said, Hey, Wayne, so nice to meet you. I'm from Calgary. And you could just see his eyes sort of light up and he's like, Calgary, what the hell are you doing here? And we started talking. It must've been 20 seconds later when we were just throwing trash talk back and forth at each other. He was making fun of me and the flames and, uh, I was able to bring up Neil Broughton and some other incidents, but it was like, you know, you don't get Gretzky insulting you very often. So that was a highlight. Oh. And if I can pile on, I just wrote an episode that was on last year that had uh, Tiger Williams, um, Dave the Hammer Schultz, and Stu the Grim Reaper Grimson on as well. So yes. that was pretty cool as well to meet those guys. That was the Top Goon episode, correct? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, man. Like, it's it's so funny. Like, the Simpsons has touched on almost every big category because i think we're a sports show but i still remember you know the 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 baseball episode and you've got daryl strawberry and all the big name baseball guys it's still one of my the one of the funniest episodes on the simpsons like do you and this might be a hard question like and you're what as a guy who's a writer and probably sees everything and maybe respects it a little bit more than us is there one or two episodes that you felt like man these are unbelievably well done you know, I always tell the story. My very first day on the show, which was uh, in season 17, we did an episode that was called Behind the Laughter. And if people remember, there used to be the series on VH1 in the States called Behind the Music, where it's kind of like a documentary of how it came to be. Yeah. So it was, a, it was an idea that sort of that take on that, how The Simpsons came to be. And the almost finished episode was my very first day. And I remember just sitting in that room watching this thing I thought was like a masterpiece of television and then going back in the writer's room and everybody in the room had a criticism or a improvement to it. And I just literally shut up for like three months after that, realizing I was so far out of my league. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's an episode that just always stuck in my brain as as the heights. And we've done many, many since then that are all great. And and I've written lots of crappy ones. Now, are there certain characters that are easier to write or that you like writing for better? 
Yeah, I mean, everyone has their favorites. I, I kind of love the sort of fringe deviance, like Mo, the bartender, because <laughs> you can get pretty deep and dark with him. And okay. I love Ralph Wiggum because it's kind of hard to fit. How much stupid can you pack into like three words? It's a challenge. Um, and Chief Wiggum is, of course, fun. So I like kind of those, I'll say, dumber or sort of more darker characters. Okay. Myself. So before you joined the show. Yes. Was like... Did did it change for you from being an outsider to The Simpsons to now being on the inside? What what changed for you and how you viewed it at all? Did you have more respect for some things afterwards and be like, oh geez, I I didn't really realize how good this character was or something like that? What did you learn after being part of it that you didn't from before? Assuming none of my colleagues will listen to this, no offense, I, I'd like to compliment them and just say I didn't know how smart everybody was behind the scenes. I mean, it's really impressive and intelligent and and funny, of course, group of people. But yeah, just I appreciated as I started, I think I started, I'm going to say it was probably episode, let's just say 250 or something. But now we're in the 700s. And it, as, as good as it was, it's gotten almost more challenging because, of course, we can't repeat ourselves. And we're 500 episodes after I joined and 700 episodes into the run of the series. So just to think that people are coming up with ideas that haven't been touched on before. And to the viewer, it's just, oh, another episode. But, you know, if you saw the struggles behind the scenes, the crying, the weeping, the consoling, the bedwetting that's going on, um, it's just really mind-blowing that people are able to find new areas still at this point. Award-winning screenwriter Joel H. Cohen joins, of course, has been part of The Simpsons for 23 years. And Joel, also, uh, the book just came out. Uh, You and Dan Patrick, the occasionally accurate uh, annals of football, uh, the NFL's greatest players, scandals, screw-ups, and some stuff that you just uh, totally made up. Um, yes. Tell us uh, kind of how long, uh, you know, where did this come from? How's the idea come from? And and uh, what what was your best part about writing it? Well, the um, the Dan aspect, actually, I have an episode that I wrote that's going to be on Christmas Eve, uh, sort of my Christmas gift to the world. No thank you cards necessary. But yeah, it's uh, it seems like a weird time to air an episode, but it's right after actually a Cowboys-Dolphins game. So we okay, get a yeah. huge football lead in. Yeah. So and Dan, we the episode is about Homer getting addicted to cheating. And at one point, he cheats at a rock skipping competition. And we're like, who could we get to be the voice of the announcer? And I was like, I'm a big Dan Patrick fan. Okay. I was like, let's get Dan Patrick. So we got him. He was so cool. He said yes. So I was recording him. And then he and I, much like Gretzky, sort of started talking and sort of, you know, saying stuff, talking about football. And he just had a lot of funny ideas. And I perhaps had some funny ideas. And we're just kind of like, maybe this is a book. Um, and we started working on it together. That was over a year ago. Wow. Uh, and just really kind of threw ideas back and forth. Um, Dan had a bunch of hilarious ideas at comparing Tom Brady's diet to Kenny Stabler's diet. You know, things you should never bring to a tailgate. Uh, a lot of funny stuff about Howard Cosell. Um, and I had a bunch of other stuff about how the Jets suck. And anyhow, we just cobbled it all together. It became this book. And it's it's done really well. And And now we're hoping that anyone that's a football fan, a comedy fan, uh, you know, it's a lovely gift for Christmas or uh or any other holiday. What is the number one thing you shouldn't bring tailgating? Well, I, I wouldn't say they're listed in order, but in the in the list, uh, the number one thing is kale, especially if you keep calling it a superfood. But uh, we also talk about, you know, don't bring a, a, a cassette tape to do a Zumba dance class to, or, yeah, yeah. you know, a souffle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's one of them. Now, sure. Joel, have you, you've obviously tailgated, I, I would assume. Oh. What, what's, what's the best place you've tailgated? 
<laughs> well, I did tailgate uh, at some University of Alabama Golden Bears games where, uh, you know, there's well, there like eight of you at the picnic table or what's happening there? There's there was like five people to tailgate and then three of them would go watch the game. Yeah. So that was the entire audience to one of those games. But, yeah, I've done it there. I've, I've actually been to a Buffalo Bills one. I, I, I myself have not jumped onto a folding Aww. table, but I aspire to. Yeah. It's a dream of mine. Like what happened? Yeah. Why didn't you step up? I, the answer is simple: cowardice. Okay, you know it's it's a curse. It's a curse. But I'd li- I'm willing to try. You know, I'd like to start with a with a small balsa wood table in a child's dollhouse and work my way up. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Joel H. Cohen joined us, award winning uh, screenwriter, 23 years on The Simpsons. Uh, him and Dan Patrick have their uh, their new book, The Occasionally Accurate, uh, and is a football that come out. So, and it really it's it's not about one team. It's about you know league wide, league encompassing for the National Football League. If you're a fan, so I have to ask you, Joel, uh, because Connor Halley, uh, my producer, is a huge Chargers fan and uh, like I'm sure you could have just written chapter after chapter of their ability to suck and find different ways to lose games was that included at all we we touch on not only the history of the league but every team some of the if if you can imagine there probably are some great Chargers of course there are you know in in history Uh, so we talk about every team we try to keep it a little current but also talk about all the NFL players but yeah I, I I'm happy to agree the Chargers find a way to suck every year including you know, Justin Herbert breaking his finger, whatever, three days ago, four days ago. So, yeah, the suckitude is at full blast. Joel, are you still a Flames fan? I try. I try. I'll say this. And, uh, you know, I'll give my home address after this for all the people I'm going to anger. I think I hate the Oilers more than I like the Flames at this point. Um, so the Flames suck. We can all talk about it. They're not great, but yeah. the Oilers also are not great at the moment. So I take only joy in watching the Oilers lose and the Flames occasionally win, but – uh, I lived in Toronto for seven years. I kind of became a Leafs fan. What? One thing I have never, I know, one thing oh. I've never become is a Kings fan. I hate the Kings and I live in LA and I yeah. hate the Kings. I go to, I go to games and I, I silently hate the Kings. Silent. So do, when you go to the games, are you like, are you watching the games? Or are you just watching to see who's in the crowd at the games? Yeah, I'm watching the games. I mean, it's there are celebrities there, but they're few and far between. I'm just I'm just hoping that the ice melts and all the kings break their ankles or something. That's all I'm really hoping for. It hasn't happened yet, but it, I'm due. Have you ever had a story or angle that you pitched for the Simpsons that got rejected? Oh my god! Oh my god! Like which that, was the one that if you look and say, I still can't believe that was rejected. Like what is your story that you've wanted to write but that has yet to be approved? Oh my God. I, I, well, I probably hopefully given up on it after pitching it three or four times. I'm trying to think of one that just was a disaster. I, 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 I think I'm in some sort of uh, therapy where it doesn't let me pull up those memories, but I, I've with every joke, with every episode, I probably pitched 45, 50 things that get rejected. It's, it's hard to find a good story idea. So even that the, uh, the one that finally got approved and turned out to be a good episode, but was rejected like three or four times was this idea of, the mob shaving points in Bart's elementary school basketball games, uh, you know, fixing yes. the spread. So it finally became an episode, a really good episode, I'll say yes. as well. But I pitched that like eight times before it was finally accepted. So, so, so when you pitch an episode, who has the final say? How does that work? People have maybe heard the term showrunner. So there's our executive producers. Right now we have two, Al Jean and Matt Selman. So you'll pitch it to them. Um, and if they even see a nugget of potential, then we'll still work on it with like, say, three or four other writers and try to flesh it out into a story before you actually go write it. Um, so th- they're the yes or no's pretty much. OK. And uh, a little tease for the book, Joel. What is what was your favorite or is there one maybe not even favorite? That's probably too uh, too difficult to, to pin down. But is there a story with you and Dan that uh, you feel like this is one that, you know, tease it a little bit. So people will be like, OK, I got to go get the book. 
Well, if you'll allow, I'll, I'll offer two things. One is okay. that we talk about all the media um, and, and, you know, celebrate and, and mock several media figures, including mm. Stephen Dan A. Patrick. Smith. We don't talk about Stephen oh. A. Smith, but we talk about Dan Patrick in his own book. Okay. In his own goddamn book. Uh, there's also, now I've said three things. There's a moment where a caller calls into a book as if he's on the Dan Patrick show. First time ever a caller is called into a book. Nice. Um, but my favorite chapter is dumping on the Jets. Uh, who also who also suck because that's a big breaking news that jets suck um, but yeah so we we try to fix the jets as well and offer suggestions on looking at this failed franchise and how dan and i can write the ship why are the jets so bad i think you have to talk about ownership uh they get close to being good then they find a way to screw it up again and even this year with like rogers and all of this stuff they just if they decided we talk about this in the book. If they just embrace that we're here to suck, think they'd be amazing, right? They'd be the champions of sucking. If that's what they do, they just got to change their perspective. Like we want to lose. We want to be horrible. Then they'd be celebrated for how much they've hit their target. Uh, one last one for you, Joel. How mm-hmm. how much discussion has there ever been? Because the Simpsons have been around for 35 years now. It's amazing run. Has there ever been a series? Because I know she's mentioned a few words, but has there ever been the evolution that Maggie talks on a consistent basis? How strong of an argument that is that within the room at all? Well, she certainly we've had teases of it and we've had her say a word or two here or there. And we've gone into the future where she also has not spoken. (laughs) I will say I don't think she will ever speak. Uh, except perhaps maybe sadly one day when we ever do a final episode, maybe she'll say something. But uh, I, I think that's going to be a staple of the show that she will never really speak. And, you know, I sorry to disappoint thousands and thousands. Oh, no, no, you mentioned, um, you know, ending Simpsons, which would would be catastrophic for a lot of people. It's you met 35 years and people that love that show. Uh, you know, my son's getting to the age where he can watch it now. And and I'm quite excited about that, because for me, it brings back like my youth in essence. Right. Uh, yeah. of, of when The Simpsons started. And, and and really, like some of the early episodes are always funny to watch just because how things change and the advancements, uh, not so much in the writing, per se, but definitely in the uh, in the graphics and everything. Yeah. Is there as somebody who is really part of it, like, can The Simpsons go on forever? As you mentioned, the struggles to come up with new ideas. Will there ever be a time where it's like we're done, like we literally have nothing else to write about? Well, first of all, I hope not, because that would turn me out on the streets and no one wants that. Uh, but also, like, I think I hope we can go on forever. You know, you mentioned, of course, that our our characters don't age on screen. But, uh, you know, in real life, the, oh, these the are vo- real people doing yes. the voices and, you know, um, th- they are aging. Uh, so th- that is going to be a challenge as as things progress, of course. But I hope it's a, one of these shows that is around uh, forever, it, it feels like it could be because you know we've got the beauty of animation behind it. But I, I think inevitably, probably there will be an end. I just I don't want to predict predict when that'll be. Favorite voice on The Simpsons? I mean, they're all literally incredible, mm-hmm. and uh, even the greatest thing I'll say for a writer or for myself, forget about writers, is just when you write something and you think it's really good if you dare think it's good and then you hear what an actor brings to it and just raises it to this other level so literally every one of them is incredible but if i have to pick a favorite the guy that does homer dan casanoletta he does a million voices yeah they're really all great but dan is he also works as a writer one day a week so he's in the writer's room oh wow. so we're all pitching okay. jokes like oh we need a homer joke we'll all pitch a joke in our stupid voices and then dan is sitting next to you and we'll pitch a hilarious joke in the voice of homer 
And you're like, this is not fair. How are we supposed to compete with this? He's a a great, wonderful guy and a super, super talent. Well, Joel, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Continued success. Uh, The good news is uh, you've accepted that your flames will suck, and that's going to happen for a while now. So my question is, who are they trading? How many guys are they shipping out before the deadline? I think they just trade everybody. Let's let's take a year to catch our breath, right? Let's just forfeit every game. Let's just take some time, like think about things and and gather our thoughts and uh, and then move forward. And like, or we can just continue to suck every year and get the first draft choice and then still continue to suck. Like, I don't know, pick another team. Let's say Edmonton, just for argument's sake, and then the, and then see what happens. You know, so there's different strategies in Alberta. You can try and suck or just yeah. stop trying and suck. Yeah, no, that's fair. I do. Lo- the thing I liked about your answer, and I think it's fair for a lot of fans, is their disdain for the other team might yes. be more than their fandom for their own team. And I, and I think that's valid in some cases. I think that's fair. And I actually, I quite respect if it. Anything, if there's anything listeners can take away, it's that hate is so much stronger than love. That's what I like the message I like to spread at this Christmas season. Let's embrace hate, right? Uh, that's well, what we want to get out there. Joel, Merry Christmas to you. And uh, once again, everybody uh, can get his book with uh, Dan Patrick. If you love the NFL and you like humor, uh, check it out. Uh, of course, uh, Penguin Random House, uh, they publish. You can get it anywhere. Uh, you get uh, your books, chapters, and to go all the rest. Uh, Joel, thanks so much, man. It's been an honor to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. Continued success. Oh, thank you, and hello to everyone at Edmonton, and thank you so much. That is uh, Joel H. Cohen, award-winning screenwriter. 23 years on The Simpsons. It's quite a run, and uh, him and Dan Patrick have the book out, so it's great. Uh, We'll return. Uh, Your Remchuk joins us on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We've got some bids to get to in the month of giving in more. 248, Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you on uh, Sports 1440. Oilers Nation YouTube. And, uh, hey, a lot of Simpson fans. I knew that would be popular, man. Uh, shout out to uh, Brad. Uh, first of all, uh, U of A grad. I love it. From uh, Joel H. Cohen. And uh, I can say, let's be honest, I didn't really have a good university in Calgary, so I had to come to Edmonton. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> uh, let's get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton. Dot com. And uh, if you're looking for a great deal on any other vehicles, you want uh, an S60 or you're looking for the uh, XC60 or 90. I've driven the 90 for uh, many years. It is fantastic. Roomy, got the extra seat if you want to fold it up and uh, put a few more rug rats in the back. Otherwise, it's great. You leave it down, fill in your hockey bags. I coach. So I got uh, my son's stuff, all my stuff, uh, loads and loads of room and uh, all the safety features that you need. Highly recommend it. Stop in this weekend. And it's not only the great vehicle you get, but the exceptional service at VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. As we welcome in uh, Tyler Remchuk from Oilers Nation. Ty, how you doing? I am doing good, Greg. So I had enough time this afternoon. Ran out, quick little bit of Christmas shopping, and I'm done. Twelve days before Christmas, I'm done. Really? Now, how many people do you have to buy for? Uh, well, my two parents, and then girlfriend's parents, girlfriend, big one, and then me and my siblings. I have two sisters, and then they each have a husband. We decided a few years ago that it was stupid for us to all yeah, you just draw names each other's. We just draw names, so I only had to do one of them, and they're crossed off the list now. So I don't have that many to buy for, oh, but yeah. it's still nice to get it done. You don't have nieces and your nephews yet? No, sorry. Yeah, I do have two nieces. They're oh. also done. My girlfriend handled that. Oh, one. there you go. All right. Smart move. Smart move. Uh, were you a Simpsons fan? Are you a Simpsons fan? Uh, I was really into it growing up. I mean, every Sunday night, I remember sitting on the couch, and you would get that run of, like, Simpsons, Family Guy, Bob's Burgers towards the end. So I love the animated TV shows, but I've kind of lost it a little bit. Uh Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. 
flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Over the last couple of years, but listening to your last interview, I kind of want to get into it. Now, um, the Edmonton Oilers uh, wrote the article uh, with some fun with CC Peniston. Do you think the Oilers have finally convinced themselves to play sound defensive hockey? Or do you need to see more? I, I think I need to see more. I don't know. Like, they've gone through some stretches. I think back to the end of last season coming down the stretch where maybe the numbers weren't as strong defensively, but they looked so good like they were playing a complete game. I need to see more. I think I need to see a longer sample size. A lot of things are going well for them. They're getting some big saves right now. The rush chances against, I saw Woodley was on another podcast talking about how drastically that number has changed since the coaching switch. Um, I, I like it. I think it's moving in the right direction. I'm just not going to sit here and be like, the Oilers are ready to be a defensive juggernaut or a great defensive team. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they have to be a juggernaut defensively because they're a juggernaut offensively. But if they yeah. can be consistent defensively, then... Uh, I think they got a chance. Uh, I've always felt the roster isn't complete. I would expect them to make some moves between now and the deadline. I fully expect that uh, from the start of the season. Uh, you know, right now, Evander Kane is playing hurt. He didn't practice again today. He didn't practice uh, the day uh, between games. He's banged up. I think that's impacting that line uh, a little bit. Then we saw uh, it switched yesterday. Uh, Fogel, Drysaddle, and uh, Yanmark. It's, it's obviously not ideal, but uh, with Kane banged up, I think that's probably a reason why you might see him, uh, you know, move down. But it also, if, if you play Kane with McLeod, it might give uh, McLeod a few extra inches, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it might. And it'll be interesting, too. Like, I, I mean, not that you really want to be doing this stuff at any point, but it's early in the season. Maybe if Dylan Holloway is close to returning, does it not make sense to just give Evander Kane a little bit of time off if he is dealing with something that's impacting him on the ice? Like, I know guys are always playing through or some guys are always playing through certain little bumps and bruises throughout the year. But if this is something that is impacting him to the point where it's like, okay, we got to move him down out of the top six. Like maybe when Holloway comes back, you just go, Hey, we'll get, throw you in the cane spot for a little bit. Cause the fourth line looks good. Hamblin, Gagne and Derek Ryan seem to be doing a lot of things, right? Maybe when Holloway's back, you just swap him and Kane and say, you know what, Evander, enjoy an extra long Christmas break. We'll give you 10 days off. Uh, potentially. Uh, but if, if guys can play it, you, it's very difficult to convince a player if he feels he can play to just magically sit out. So it obviously depends on the extent of the injury. And I still don't think, like, Dylan Holloway's not even skating with the team, dude. I don't see yeah. Dylan Holloway being an option before a Christmas break at this point. Like, he's got, he hasn't played in a month. 
uh, I would think he would have to have at least three good practices with the team uh, before he plays. I I don't see him coming back um, before Christmas, but maybe you just extend Kane's give him a little extra time off. And you're right that uh, obviously any, any sort of nagging injury and sometimes five days off can help it for guys. They used it the last time. So kind of, we'll see, but the, uh, the orders, the thing to me that's most impressive is their last three games. Well, the, you know, the first period of Chicago was probably their worst period of the last three games. And even then they only gave up two high danger chances. So it's kind of funny. Like you're like, nah, okay. They're a little behind and Chicago's a terrible team. And then they took over, but you look at Minnesota, New Jersey, they really didn't give up a whole bunch in either one of those games and definitely in the final 40 minutes against Chicago. Yeah, they, their ability to clamp it down has been very impressive. Like I made the comparison, you know, you go throughout this eight game win streak, they've beaten some teams that are either good teams or teams that were playing well at the time, like a Washington. Um, and then there's the two wins against Anaheim and Chicago and the one against Anaheim. Remember, they started not great. Anaheim got a couple of goals. One of them was really weak. And then it just turned into a track meet where they were going back and forth and the Oilers were just burying all their chances. And I came away from that game going, I don't know if I'm all that impressed by it, even if it's an 8-2 win, because it was just the Oilers showing us what they showed us last year. They flexed their offensive muscles against a bad hockey team. Against Chicago, I was impressed that after the first period, when it was a little back and forth, you mentioned a couple of high-danger looks for Chicago, the Bedard goal, a couple of ugly turnovers, that the Oilers kind of sat there and went, okay, you know what, this isn't going to be a track meet tonight. We're just going to lock this thing down, put our foot down, and say we are the better team, and that's exactly what they did. Like I think Chicago, including their power plays, only had three high danger Corsi four against Corsi four against attempts uh, at five on five, according to natural statric, like three good looks in 40 minutes, including the power play time. The Oilers clamped it down. And to me, that's more impressive than just doing the whole thing they used to do, which is just a shootout back and forth. Do you see a need and do you see any realistic option to upgrade on the back end? I see a need for it. Um, I've been really encouraged with how well Darnell Nurse has been playing as of late. I know you've written about that a bit and how much of an impact Coffee and Knobloch have had on the blue line. And I look at Nurse and especially the numbers last year, before and after Ekholm came in, and finally there was someone to relieve him of some of the pressure, take a few tough minutes off his plate. Nurse's numbers got a lot better. And I sit there and go, I wonder if you got him and Ekholm style partner on the right side if we could see like another step forward from nurse he's playing great under Paul Coffey as you've noted before and and I have a piece going up at the nation soon too um, but if you found him that high-end right shot partner that could upgrade on Cody Cece I think it would do wonders for this blue line the only issue is I, I'm not sure if that guy's out there right now like maybe it's Chris Tanev You'd have to convince the Flames to send him to a rival in an in-season trade. I'm not sure, but like I brought this up on my show today, and people were like, oh, go get Adam Boquist. And it's like, okay, well, Adam Boquist isn't better than Cody Ceci. That's That can't be the solution. So the tough part for Ken Holland and company will be trying to find a guy that's better than Cody Ceci because I don't think he's terrible by any stretch, but I also don't think he's a top-pairing D-man on a cup-winning blue line. So that's a spot I think they should upgrade, but it's I'll admit it's way easier said than done because, one, there's not a lot of team that, teams that are sellers right now, and top four right-shot D-men are one of the toughest commodities to find in the league. Yeah, and I, I've looked around the league. I'm not sure there's there's any. like Cody Ceci and Nurse were very good two years ago. Ceci played banged up last year. Uh, this year, I think Cody Ceci's been fine. I'm You know what? That 3.2, that's the thing. In, in a tight cap world, show me a guy that's going to give you that type of return at three at three million bucks. 
Oh yeah. Like again, I think Cody CC is largely fine. And like, Hey, if he made a million bucks less and you threw him with Brett Kulak on the third pairing, I think you'd be talking about a really, really good shutdown duo there. I just think on a cup winning blue line, he's not a top pairing guy. Like if you're nitpicking this roster and finding ways to upgrade, I think that is a spot that deserves to be upgraded that one. And also if Connor Brown doesn't turn it around, you're probably looking for a top four right or top six right winger at some point as well. It's kind of funny how, I mean, two weeks ago, all we're doing is sitting talking about, go get a goalie, go get a goalie, go get a goalie. Calvin Pickard comes in, plays a couple of good games. Now all of a sudden the pressure's off there and we're already looking at other spots on the roster. Tyler Remchuk from uh, OrdersNation.com joins us. Uh, looking at the uh, the rest of this uh, Western Conference. The uh, St. Louis Blues just fired their coach. The Calgary Flames uh, have got some some key injuries uh, and, and really kind of blew some leads here in back-to-back nights against good teams, which is probably disappointing. There's no moral victories. Order fans know that. Uh, what do you make of the Blues, and then what uh, what do you think happens in Calgary? It's interesting to see a team tied in points with the Oilers go and make a coaching change right now, but the Blues have lost four in a row. They've looked incredibly non-competitive against some not very good teams over that four-game losing streak as well. Frank was on uh, DFO Live this morning and talked a little bit about how you know maybe the organization wasn't very happy with how Jacob Verana was being handled, and that was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back with Barube. I don't honestly view the Blues as that much of a threat in the playoff race. Their GM has come out and said that he's not sure if his team's good enough to be a playoff team and I think their blue line's starting to age a little bit they got too many just streaky scores up in that top nine I don't know if the blues are really going to be in the mix you know intrigued by Arizona and Nashville who are the two teams the Oilers are chasing but even Calgary like the tough part will be for Craig Connor and Calgary is that I'm not sure if the flames are ever going to be bad enough with the group of players they have to like lose eight of nine games and fall out of the race but I'm also not convinced that they're ever going to go on a run where they do what the Oilers have done, where you win 8 of 10 or 9 of 10 and go on this long run to get yourself back in the race. Like I think the Flames and Blues, for that matter, both might just be stuck in that weird purgatory for the rest of the year, and then they're going to have to make tough, tough decisions at the deadline. Yeah. I look at Hannafin and, you know, Lindholm and Tanev, obviously that, you know, those would be the, uh, the three main ones. You know, I do wonder, I, I could see that maybe they get something for Dan Vladar once uh, Markstrom is healthy. So you know, I, I look at Calgary and to me, it's what they're going to get back for those trades and maybe how they can, they might get a pick in trade in part a of the trade, but then they got to turn that into like Vancouver's the prime example. Vancouver got some young pieces from Bo Horvat and then look to move that into other players. And they did. Right. And that's what that's what Calgary has to do. Because I agree with you. They're not bad enough to to suddenly go on a full rebuild. Like it would be a monumental tear down of that team. And I don't see how they do it. Yeah, but at the same time, do you want to put yourself in a position where you go, okay, like let's re-sign Lynn Holman, let's re-sign Tanev. And with the young pieces you have coming up, I think Zari's been exceptional. Peltier when he's healthy was good too. Do you want to have a bunch of old expiring contracts on top of the ones you already have with Kadri and Huberto? Do you want to bring more older expiring con- or older expensive contracts? Sorry, um, into that mix. Like maybe you could do what LA did, where it's just painful for a couple of years. And I know they had Doughty and Kopitar, and that definitely helps when you can come out of a rebuild with two veterans who continue to play elite hockey into their mid to late thirties. But if I'm Calgary, I, I just think you kind of got to wince a little bit and go. 
it's going to be tough for one or two years, but we have a couple decent young options. Let's just try to rip this Band-Aid off and get back to being competitive quickly. Because I worry if you saddle yourself with an eight-year deal for Lindholm and an eight-year deal for Tanev, that all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. I love it. Uh, Ty, have a good week, man. We will chat with you next week. Chat with you tomorrow. New episode of the DFO Rundown. See you then, Greg. That's right. All right. That is uh, Tyler Uremchuk. Yeah, we have that early tomorrow morning. All right. That's uh, brought to you by... VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. Uh, we got some uh, bids in as uh, Steve was at 6000 uh, Colin went up to uh, 6500 And now we are at uh, 7500 from uh, Grant. So uh, whew, got some good interest in this great package today in a month of giving for all of our farm. Hey, they know a good deal when they see it. We'll update you on what it is. And who is it Wednesday? Two Stanley Cups. First round pick. Played for five NHL teams, but only one junior team. 40-goal score in junior. A few times over 100 PIMS in the NHL. Who is it? Find out next. Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. But first, let's get to the comment. Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.